Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then we talk about it, and we find out how it went. Today's guest is Lucy Gervais. Oh, boy. I <laughs> I know I tell you everyone's a good one. This is a great one. Uh, Lucy is just fireworks in a person. Uh, you're going to absolutely love them. Their assignment was around appreciating where you're at in life. Taking a moment to look at yourself um, in a semi-objective way and see how far you've come. What an amazing person you've become and all of the wonderful things that you've done. Um, even if they're small things, being able to take a moment and appreciate where you're at and how far you've come is super important. Especially in this time where we're sort of on pause right now. I think it's a really good time to sort of step back and uh, re-examine all of the ways that you have made significant progress uh, over a long period of time, even if it feels like it's tough to make real progress in a day-to-day sense right now, look at it on a, on a larger scale. You're doing fine, guys. You're doing fine. Uh, if you want to go support Lucy in general, you can follow them on social media at The Lucy Gervais Show. If you want to follow them on Instagram, they are a very fashionable person. If you want to support this podcast in general, you can like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, you can leave us a review. Uh, you could, I don't know, uh, make a stained glass window that says love is everywhere. <laughs> do, people, do people still blow glass? Is that, is that a, a current profession? I don't know. Uh, if you want to support uh, me in general, I suppose, you could follow me on social media at, at Hamiltrace. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Lucy Gervais. Hello, hello. Hello, Lucy. How are you? Oh, it's so nice to see you. It's so nice to see you too. You look great. Thank you, so do you. Thank you. Got my cat ears on. Yeah, I love it. Uh, We start with an honest, how are you? So how you doing for real? I'm great. That's great. I'm doing well. COVID has been so weird. And like emotionally I've been kind of all over the place, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy. It's been like really good to like, like depressed and anxious, but not like particularly worse than uh, it always has kind yeah, of been for it, me. It's sort of the same spectrum. It's just that you're sort of oscillating between the different modes a little more frequently, maybe. <laughs> Exactly. And they're like in the same day, even. Mm-hmm. Very much. So frustrating. Yeah. It's been uh, like a real roller coaster this whole time. It's going to be so strange at the end of this, having come out of like a full year of this bizarre way of living. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm just still trying to get my camera. Get set your up angles right. <laughs> Pardon me? Get your angles right. Yeah, I don't like this angle and I don't know how to change it. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm like off to the side too much. I don't know what the hell's going. It doesn't matter, really. No, you're doing fine. <laughs> I'll have to turn my head this way the whole time, just and then I can't even <laughs> Get see how side. pretty I am. <laughs> it's all for other people, which it never should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good motto. <laughs> I think so. How are you? 
Um, I'm okay. Like emotionally today, I'm great. Physically, right. I feel like pure trash. <laughs> Any particular reason? I I have a chronic illness, so I have like health stuff and pain stuff, which is what I'm dealing with today. So I woke up with like a really terrible headache and I had a lot of things to do today, but I, I had like an hour break in between each thing. Oh, God. So, yeah, which normally would be like highly irritating, right? Because it's not really enough time to do anything. But I sort of tried to use that to my benefit today because I'm not feeling great. So I just do the thing and then lie down for an hour, do the next thing, lie down for an hour. Uh, so that's been my system today, but I'm coping okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Today is my first day off this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started a new job. That's uh, exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've had it for about th- three weeks now, almost a month, and they seem to like me. That's so cool. that's why I still work there. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's quite... Um, it can be kind of physically demanding. So at the end of the week, having like a Saturday and Sunday off is amazing. Uh, so I'm pretty tired too. I feel you. Yep. We're both in that place today. That's fine. Should we get into your assignment? I'm so excited to hear about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I I am too, but <laughs> here's the pro here's something that I wrote an original letter. Yeah. So For the listeners, the assignment that I gave you was that you had to write yourself a letter and the theme of this letter was congratulations. So you had to send yourself a congratulatory letter from yourself, um, preferably from like the perspective of a past version of you, like a you five years ago, looking Uh at the you now and celebrating everything that you are and have become. So yeah, tell me about it. So you wrote an original letter. But I cannot find it for the life of me. (laughs) <laughs> and it's so frustrating because I maybe wrote, you accidentally sent it to your future self and you're going to receive this letter like five years from now. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally mailed it, went to the post office and everything. <laughs> and some weird blackout. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, I wrote this long letter that was very I try with with this assignment. I thought it would be a good idea to get all the emotions out in the letter and then mm-hmm. decide whether or not I wanted um to dial it back Mm -hmm. but that's a good way of going at it of like go full force and then take it back from there yeah I try to do that I when it comes to like dealing with emotions and I have a lot of them (laughs) most of the time and so I'm not really scared of them because they're so present and um I always try to be very upfront indulge in all of them just so I can see them and identify them and then decide what's kind of real or not decide Mm -hmm. what I feel comfortable sharing uh because that's one thing as I get older I'm like much less interested in wearing all my emotions on my sleeve as a child like you knew what was going on in my brain from the outside and like Mm -hmm most of my life. And I, that's quite exhausting. It is. And it's a lot to give of yourself to other people. Yeah. To give everybody that much access. Yeah. Is quite draining. It's, ter- it's not, rec- not recommended. Mm-hmm. Zero out of 10 dentists recommended. <laughs> uh, stupid. But, um, so I've been learning to like dial it back and only, and like, 
that's that's part of like the growth I think is like identifying what I do and don't want to share so that mm -hmm. was like something that was nice about the assignment I also like I don't have the original letter I have this one that I made today but I will talk about the original one I guess uh and the process of writing it and what it sort of did yeah please yeah it was just like even if it made me kind of cringe I wrote it anyway that's good and then it wasn't so bad anymore mm -hmm. and I think that that is so useful sorry I have my mom's texting me I'm like <laughs> Um, so yeah, <laughs> the whole podcast is just going to look like this hand over the camera, <laughs> but I think that's such a good way to process. It kind of cleans out the closet, you know, mm -hmm. gets all the dust out of the corner. But yeah. Okay. So the process, yeah, that's how I like to process my emotions. And that was something my, uh, I, I started using better help, which is an online service. If I had mm -hmm. a promo code. If, if my podcast was sponsored by them, I'd be dropping that promo code right now. Yeah, tell me about that too. I want to hear about that also. Okay, so I have a I have a great therapist. I'm taking a break right now because it is it's not expensive, but I just don't have that extra expense. Mm -hmm. I don't have the I don't really have like enough money right right now to keep it going. Um, but it's good. I have a cool therapist in Colorado and nice. basically we did phone calls bi-weekly and she was really cool like she, I talked to her about wanting to like use psychedelics as, as a as a mental health um tool and she was like oh yeah that's great and she was she was like there's lots of um research on the positive mm -hmm. effects of psychedelics like, she's such a cool therapist she's not one of these She's not one of these people. Oh my God. My cat is like on the table. <laughs> my whole thing. My mom is like sending my cat to, oh, you know what? One time I was recording something and my cat, you know, he did what he's doing right now, which is kind of like just hang out on the table and sniff around and get into trouble. And he knocked everything over. He so I'm very nervous right now that he's just gonna knock everything over. <laughs> Maybe I can... Oh, hello, baby. Hello, big kid. Oh, this this cat saved me. He's so good. God bless the animals. Yeah, he's good, especially okay. right now. Yeah, <laughs> like I have never appreciated having a pet as much as I have this year. What kind of pet do you have? I have a teeny little doggie. I love teeny doggies. She's a little Pomeranian. Her name is Evie. Did you just get her or haven't you had her for a while? No, I've had her for 11 years. Oh my God. Yeah. You're, you're about to have grandkids. I know, right? I got her when I was 19. Oh, wow. Mm. That's so great. Oh, that's so, so I had cute. her for my whole 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh but wow! Yeah, I've been leaning on her hard emotionally <laughs> over the yeah. last few months for sure. Yeah. Something. If, do you live alone? No, I have roommates. Oh okay. Well, I live alone, and I got my cat in, during the pandemic, and he's my he's my best little cat soulmate. Mm -hmm. I love him. He's so he's so funny, 
He, I'm so happy for all of the animal matches that have happened during this time. That's a beautiful thing. It's like it, all the animals who have been adopted and have homes now. And and they have all this time with their owners. Yeah. Uh, it's so great. Okay, so back on topic. Yes. Therapy during COVID. I probably will keep using BetterHelp because I have a really hard time maintaining appointments. Mm-hmm. Especially for like... Um, therapy and whatnot it's just nice to have my appointment be pretty much unavoidable like there's no there's no canceling last minute because I'm going to be late or anything like that I mm-hmm. I pick up the phone I connect with her and that was one thing where I have issues with like reliving the past and being re-traumatized by it whether it's something happening to me or something that I simply did and cannot forgive myself for because mm-hmm. of how embarrassing it is. And I, I've done this so many times where I apologize to people for something and they're like, okay, what are you talking about? And I'm like- Yeah, they don't remember. The things that stick with you, that's just for you. <laughs> like most people special... didn't even clock it and just moved on and forgot. Yeah, totally. It's so like, it's hard to look at things from other perspectives right Mm -hmm. and let that take the take the air out of your worries but that was something she was like if if a memory pops up what your job is to what your job is is to like polish it up look at it find a new perspective Mm -hmm. maybe some maybe find the humor in it find the this find the that and then you're gonna put it away because right now like the storage unit is full yeah and we got to make those things fit. And that can really take the steam and the trauma and the and the guilt out of some of those memories. And so that's why I kind of like to just put all the emotions out. And like, even if, even if I'm processing something, I really take a moment to just be like, okay, we're going to process this. I think that's very healthy. That's a, something that I have to be very intentional about like that's not the automatic for me Uh I very much have to like search for my emotions where like I can usually identify that I'm having a feeling in my body before I feel it like intellectually that I can identify an emotion it's like oh I feel weird why do I feel weird and then like what feeling am I feeling and I have to sort of like investigate it that's wild. And figured it out. It's a, like, it's the total opposite where like oh, my emotions God. do not happen for me automatically. I have to process them like intellectually. And uh, it's only then that I'm occasionally able to like actually sink into it and register yeah. my emotional experience in the moment. See, when you say that to me, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great way to have no problems. <laughs> Which no, of course it's is not. in no way true. <laughs> it's such a grass is always greener on the other side. I was like, oh, if I felt my emotions in my body first and I had to look for them, I would just mm-hmm. never look for them. I would just I I'd be that's a the thing. <laughs> Exactly. You just you just keep moving on. Like if you don't uh-huh. recognize that like if I hadn't clocked that about myself in recent years and started working on trying to pay more attention to like what's in my heart what am I feeling right now Mm -hmm. Uh, what I was doing before was just going on autopilot and like just steamrolling ahead 
and then nothing gets processed, nothing gets looked at. I did like I can't do any of the looking at things and polishing them up. And so because I can't, I'm not feeling my feelings. So weird. Are you familiar with the the Enneagram at all? I'm laughing because I bring this up on the podcast all the time. Remind me, it sounds familiar, but I couldn't describe to you what it is. The Enneagram is like a, a personal development tool based around different personality types. So there's like nine different personality types, and then each of those have different things that correspond with them. Um, and it's supposed to give you like a sense of direction on like what to pay attention to and working on in yourself and what your sort of like personal growth journey might look like. Each number, because uh, they're they're numbered, so like one to nine. And I've heard of this. It, I, don't th- I don't know if I've yeah. taken this... Uh... I have a guess as to what you are, but I am always reluctant. Oh, you reluctant. think you know me? <laughs> I'm always reluctant to type other people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, each number has like different levels of health that correspond with that number. So like if you're a two, like there's nine different levels of health that you could be at. And a two that's Jesus at the bottom Christ. level is going to look really different than a two that's like at their healthiest You're level. You're freaking me out. But uh, I'll send you some info. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. I, I hope I'm like, not like a one. Oh, God. <laughs> you're, I don't have I, time I don't, to fix all no. that. Okay, no, you're not, sweet. I love that. No, I don't think, I don't think you're a one. Um, <laughs> but Thank yeah, you. I do. I do have a guess, but I am hesitant to to label other people because it's very much like a thing that is so personal and might not be totally observable from the outside Uh because it's really not about your behavior it's about what's behind your behavior like it's not what you're doing it's why you're doing that Uh Um, but it really like blew my world open uh, when I (laughs) when I found it so Highly recommend. And okay. if any of the listeners have not looked up the Enneagram yet, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mention this all doing? the time. Look at, Google it after the show. Google that shit. Yeah. But yeah, I, for me, the processing emotions and stuff like that, that's a really, really different process yeah. than it is for you. Wow. Yeah. I, my love your, emotions... they, I love how your cat is chiming in on this. <laughs> he's like, I experience yeah. my emotions. <laughs> he's, ex- he's experiencing the emotion of wanting yeah. to go outside and kill birds. Mm-hmm. And Haven't me we all as a there? terrible person, I'm not letting him do that. <laughs> how dare you? Oh my God. He's yeah. so funny. I took him for a walk today and I think he's gotten, he's <laughs> now gotten he's a taste got, he's of got a it. taste for it. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I bought him a new toy. I hope that helps. Hello, baby. Have you ever seen the show My Cat from Hell? Yeah, isn't that like the dog whisperer? Sort of, yeah. He's It's like that kind of thing. And it's a guy who uh, goes by Cat Daddy. Sounds <laughs> like my kind of man. And he show, he's got a goatee and he shows up with a guitar case full of cat toys and uh oh my helps god people my husband is alive <laughs> and but the answer is always like literally every single episode the answer is always the cat wants more exercise and a high place to sit 
and that's it. Yeah, I know. It's I need always to get cat that. Shells. 100% of the time. I've seen it, and they put cat shells up, and then the cat is in a better mm. mood. It's like every problem. It's like, it doesn't matter what the episode is about. This cat's aggressive, or this cat has pika, where they want to oh. eat everything that isn't food. Oh like, my whatever God. It is. I would... The answer for literally all of them, he's just like, they need more exercise and they need a high place. And then they do it, and the cat is fine. <laughs> Maybe I should get my cat. Yeah, I should build him some shelves. He seems pretty happy <laughs> with, with the back of the chair, mm-hmm. pretty high up. Let's get back on okay, track. Okay, forget so, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my tell god, me. It's so stupid. <laughs> so tell me about your letter. Okay, let me. I didn't go as heavy on the congratulations. That's fine. Whatever that took you into is fine. Like the congratulations is just meant to be like a prompt. Yeah. For you, like an entry point into the letter, and then whatever happens in the letter is totally up to you. Okay. Cool. I will read it then. Dear Lucy, it's me, you from five years ago. I just wanted to say that I'm proud of you. Congratulations. I'm excited to be doing what you're doing when I become you. Your cat is really cute and your apartment is wonderfully decorated as you guys see. (laughs) I just wanted to let you know that even when things are difficult, it's important to love yourself and remember who you are. It used to be so much harder to do that, but look at you now. It might feel like the same problems come back over and over, but the important thing is to learn from these mistakes, and you'll notice that over time, many of them have actually disappeared. You might still have anxiety. We'll probably always have anxiety, but I love how you handle it now. You let it bubble to the surface a lot less, and when it does, you deal with it. Your confidence in who you are has truly overtaken, and good things are coming from it. I know I sound like a fortune cookie, but it's true. You have amazing friends all over the place. You've helped people and you're always looking for innovative ways to continue helping more and more people. I think it might be more your calling than performing is. Um, You're also more connected to your spirit. You're also more connected to your spirituality than ever before. It's important to stop being a cynical atheist and start opening up to the sky and your destiny. Anything is possible. Stop with negative self-talk and fear of success. There is something you cannot, this is something you cannot stop working on as it's never gotten us anywhere. Keep being you, be authentic, keep loving yourself, and kiss all your friends when it's legal again. XOXO, 2015 Lucy. Pretty cute, eh? That was beautiful. It sounds like something a 23-year-old would have written. It was beautiful. Thank you. I loved what you said about it might seem like the same problems keep coming up over and over again. I I love that you included that because that is such a thing that you can see when you look at yourself and your life over time mm-hmm. is that it can, it can be frustrating to see like, oh, it looks like I keep hitting the same roadblock or I keep repeating the same pattern over and over again. But the way that you change a pattern is by recognizing that there's a pattern in the first place mm-hmm. and the repetition gives you more information about that pattern, right? Yeah, like, it's uh, true. <laughs> this is this is a weird comparison to make, but it's like uh, like a show like Criminal Minds or something where they're like investigating a serial killer. It's like, yes, it's a terrible thing each time the serial killer kills a new person, but each new victim that they get, they get more information about this person and they get closer to catching them. <laughs> I don't know why that's the analogy that's I'm using. That's great. <laughs> but 
That's how it works, right? loves murder. (laughs) And hopes it keeps happening just so people can learn. That's what I'm known for. (laughs) (laughs) That's what this podcast is about. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. But yeah, the more you, the more you witness your own behavior repeating itself, the more opportunity you have to begin changing that behavior and getting in the way of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's true. And like, when I notice, oh, hey, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, because I'm growing in ways that I'm very conscious of, but also like the back of my mind is also kind of quietly working away Yes. And things are kind of going and and passing, you know, and not reappearing Mm -hmm. uh, in my daily life now. And it's such a relief that like, it just, it just feels like, oh, there is a point. Yes, there is. Very much. And uh, like, when you start getting on board with this kind of stuff of like, paying attention to your self-talk and things like doing therapy and doing this kind of personal development work, it installs new hardware into your brain. Uh And then that hardware is going to kick in at some point. So like even things that you, you know, but like with this, uh, this podcast, for example, like, it's not like I expect that everyone who listens to this is going to take every single assignment and do them all and do them all consistently or, whatever like I've given out so many assignments that were a daily practice that there's no way that you're doing all of those daily practices every single day right that's just not a reasonable expectation of a person even me like I'm the host of this podcast I'm the one giving out these assignments I don't do every single one of these things all of the time every day uh, because that's just not reasonable (laughs) it's it's just not a reasonable expectation to have of yourself that you're going to be perfect at this but you take these things and absorb them and then they sort of run in the background automatically and then they they help you out over time like yeah. even if it's something that you absorbed and kind of put in the back of your mind months ago it might come into play like tomorrow months after the fact that yeah, totally. whatever stuff is running in the background um is going to start functioning and uh keeping you on track a little bit more anyway yeah I, like, I grew up being someone who had so many emotions, no real way to process them, and, like, I don't think, I don't want to, like, shit talk my family or anything, but I don't think, like, emotional awareness is something that is natural to mm-hmm. the people in my family, so, like, that that learning had to come from myself. And I was dealing with, like, trauma, and I was Mm -hmm. dealing with, like, abuse, and, like, I would consider, like, being bullied abuse. I know most people don't, but it it can be very traumatic, and it can really affect, like, your self-image, right? So... I consider, like, the bullying that I went through to be trauma. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I was bullied by... Like, I've been bullied by all different kinds of, like, people in different relationships. So, like, people in my family, I would consider, like, yeah, I've been bullied by my siblings. And I've been bullied by people in elementary school and then in high school. And then in fucking college, I'm like, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, like, you know, it, it really, um, it really fucks with your head, right? Just to have yes, this kind of like weird unchecked, it's like this like unchecked entitlement to try to like take a person down, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then on top of that, I was a bully too. What the is hell is this often, shit? That's often the case though. Yeah. You're like, I got to take it out on some, I got to make someone mm-hmm. else miserable. Um, and at this point, like, I think in terms of my emotional awareness, I'm really getting there. There's some things that I'm still, like, not really understanding. But there's so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Therapy is only an hour long. You can only ask about so many things. There's so much to chip away at the surface. And you can take what you've learned yes. and try to use it in, in other things, right? But at, at this point, I'm pretty happy with who I am and like the direction my life is going and I'm happy that I'm like thank you I think I I think one thing in the letter that I I I wrote was that like I think having integrity and like helping people is probably actually more my main calling in life than like the other things that I've spent more time doing uh Mm -hmm. God, fucking Shirley was telling me when she did the podcast, she was like, and I cried, and you're gonna cry too, and I was like, I'm okay with crying, crying's fine, crying's There's not been many tears on this podcast, you're in very good company. Yeah, I'm just welling up a little, because I guess I didn't realize how much that kind of meant to me, and how true it sort of seemed. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing about an exercise like this, is like, you don't, you don't realize maybe what's going to hit your buttons until it's on the page. Yeah. Ugh, I'm glad I'm not a bully anymore. I can Me be too. kind of a dick, but I try to do that when someone deserves it. Yeah. I get that. Kind of a dick. <laughs> I love to swoop in and be like, are you thinking you're going to get away with this? Mm-hmm. Not in this room. I'm kind of like that too. I like, uh, yeah, I've sort of maybe channeled my like unprocessed anger against the bullies of my past into standing up to bullies that I encounter in my present life. Yes. That is the best shit you can do. That's a Mm -hmm. superpower. I will say though, I am like very sensitive to it. So I'm very reactive to bullies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish that I could maybe tone it down a little bit. I like, yeah. but it's hard to know as well with me, like, because I am not super easily connected to my emotional experience. Mm-hmm. I don't show very much of it on the surface either. So where in my head, I might feel like I am having an extreme overreaction or I'm coming off extremely angry or something like this on the outside I only see mildly different than normal yeah that's so funny I've gotten more and more like that over time where Mm -hmm. I will be a nervous wreck about something and no one can tell yeah and I'm like I'm not even I'm not even trying to hide it and I'm hiding it like that's gotta be the biggest Mm -hmm. superpower that I've gained for a while I was I had a joke in my act about having anxiety and uh, talking to other comics after 
I would do this joke. Uh, I'm, I was telling them like, I was working this joke out and I was like, I can't quite figure out like how to make this joke work. Like, I think there's something here and like it gets something, but it's not getting enough from the audience, like to make it worth it. And uh, everybody that I talked to about this was like, yeah, because it doesn't like, it takes the audience a while because you don't seem like anxious. Like, it's weird. They're yeah. like, we didn't know that you're anxious and we see you all the time. Like <laughs> none of us knew that this was a thing about you. Uh-huh. So you maybe have to address that. And it, that's just another example where it was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not showing any of what's going on inside. I think you could use that in the joke. I think you could address the fact that the audience might not know you're nervous. Mm-hmm. And you could be like, listen, I know I don't seem like an anxious person, but like, look at this turtleneck. Would someone without yeah. anxiety wear this? Or something <laughs> like... Yeah, something, some kind of acknowledgement well, of that. Yeah, totally. Just like something to kind of, it's like making fun of yourself in a way. I love doing that in my stand-up. I like being like, uh, so I'm bisexual, as you can tell by these high-waisted ass-wash jeans. <laughs> and I, I I'm not even always wearing the jeans but they know I own them god yeah I like doing these kinds of little activities and whatnot like brain stuff uh it just it just helps it does help and like it's it's difficult sometimes to know where to start with this kind of work like uh especially if you have like a trauma history and stuff like that, it can feel very overwhelming to look at everything. Like I'm in trauma therapy right now (laughs) with a trauma therapist and it's a lot. And it's a lot to like, look at a giant pile of stuff and be like, where do I even begin? And what's most important? What should I be working on first? Or like, oh, you start working on one thing and then you're like, oh, but like this seems to also be sort of wrapped up in this other stuff from this other thing and so you're like so should I go and work on that other thing before I get back to this and it can be Uh, very frustrating yeah and I think it's helpful to think of it like you're cleaning up a really really messy room Mm -hmm. so you know you go into a room and it's so messy and it's really overwhelming and you're like I don't even know where to start cleaning this and it's that same feeling of overwhelm and the way that you tackle the cleaning of a a messy room when you're overwhelmed is just start pick one area and start there yeah so be like I'm just gonna clean off my desk and then you clean off the desk and from there you're you you know find a thing and you're like oh this thing's on the desk this belongs over here and then you take that over where that belongs and then once you get to that place you're like oh there's some stuff here I can work on and just naturally from starting at one place you will start working on the rest of the room mm-hmm. and but before you know it the room is much tidier. So uh, it's just about just pick any spot and start there and you will naturally be guided to what is important for you to focus on in the moment. Don't worry about trying to think, look around the room and think, what in this room is most important that I clean up right now? Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. You can start in whatever fashion you want to. Like some people might be like, I'm going to start in the messiest part of this room. And get that done first. Some other people might be like, I think it's better for me to start in the least messy part of this room because it'll be something that's like good and can be done. And then I can have that sense of accomplishment and that'll fuel me to move on to the next thing. So it, 
it doesn't matter what approach you take as long as you're working on tidying the room and take your time. Yeah. Don't make sure don't it's really rush tidy. It. You can't jump ahead to the part where you have a clean room. You have to you have to do the work of cleaning everything up and it can take time and there's nothing wrong with that. Are you trying to tell me I have a messy room? Crazy. <laughs> Is this a judgment? judgmental bitch podcast yeah that is the tagline (laughs) (laughs) love is everywhere judgmental bitch podcast oh yes that's such a perfect (laughs) fusion of concepts so how did the the rewrite of the letter uh differ from the original one uh i guess i was already i had already processed quite a bit um, from writing the original letter. So, so it was actually, venting. yeah, it was a bit, a bit cleaner, I think, to get the second draft. So I think in the end, like maybe it was a good thing um, that I couldn't find the original letter. I wanted to edit it too. Like I wanted to like make a few changes and then I just couldn't find it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to glean the kind of best part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was mostly similar tone. Like it was, it was like, Hey, I think you're great. Like for all of these reasons. And like your biggest problem you have is not a hundred percent believing in yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. That was kind of most of it really. That applies to most people. I think very sadly, like we give ourselves very little credit and the way that we're sort of taught to look at things is to just focus on what's next. Like, what am I doing next? What am I working on next? And uh, with this kind of personal development work and stuff, that's a, that's great to be like continuing in a forward direction and everything. But I think there's uh, so much value in consistently looking backwards so that you can appreciate the progress that you've already made. Because that's how you know that you can take on the next thing because you've proven to yourself by working on this other thing or getting through this other thing or whatever it was uh, that you are capable of handling the next thing. Like I, uh, my therapist gave me this exercise. It's a, a container meditation. Have you ever heard of this? No. So it's like you start like sort of normal meditation stuff, like paying attention to your breathing, blah, blah, blah. And then you picture a box. So you whatever kind of box you want, but you have to picture it in great detail. So like, how big is this box? What's it made of? Um, how does it open and close? How big is it? What does it feel wow. like? And it, you picture Ooh. in great detail this container. And it's sort of like what you were saying about like polishing things up and putting them away. So that's what this container is for, is for putting things away. So when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you're looking at the whole room and all of the mess and you like, can't, you're overwhelmed by it, you pick what you're going to keep and look at, and then you put everything else in the box and you like picture it all going into the box. And this box box has an unlimited capacity. It can hold as many things as you need it to hold. Um, and it, it'll be safe in there until you're ready to look at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking about this and thinking about like, oh, like I'm like picturing, you know, putting all these things in the box. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a fucking heavy box. This is going to be a really, really heavy box. 
And then I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I'm like, I've just been walking around with this unbelievably heavy box mm -hmm. all the time and thinking about the future and like, how long am I going to have to carry this heavy box before it's empty? And what I've been comforting myself with in that is remembering like the box gets lighter each time you take something out of it. So over time, it will be less heavy as long as you're continuing to work on taking things out. So you don't have to wow. take everything out all at once and skip ahead to the part where you have an empty box. Just take one thing at a time and the box will continue to get lighter. Jesus Christ. That does sound <laughs> like a lot of work. I will, I will say that does sound like a lot of, of conceptualizing and mm -hmm. like, but it sounds like, it, I don't know if that sort of thing would be my cup of tea personally. I like the idea of imagining a box. Like that's not, I, mine would be a nice antique box. Mm -hmm. little curly cues and things it'd be like a clown car box like it'd be small but you could see it <laughs> yeah. stuff mm -hmm. um but yeah that does sound that's very that's very interesting it's funny how there's so much therapy in trying to um make your emotional issues into tan somewhat tangible not actually tangible things but things you can but yeah, like picture, visualizing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things that you you can see as objects or some kind of representation of it. And like, I remember when I was a kid, they were like, and this never worked for me. I tried so many times, never worked. They were like, imagine your brain is a drawer. Open the drawer and take the bad stuff out. I was like, what? take the bad <laughs> stuff out, bitch. You're not even trying. I'm furious about this. <laughs> Take the bad stuff. Oh, it's just a drawer. What are you doing putting bad stuff in? Oh, boy. Stupid. But that was my first taste of, like, conceptualized mental health. Very misguided. This bitch didn't know what she was mm. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah, I, I think it's like, of course you can. Oh, uh, um, hell yeah. I think that we... Uh, uh, it's just so difficult to understand these things sometimes that I think we search for any way of properly explaining something. And so that's why things like visualization exercises are useful. There might also be something else about how like from a biological standpoint, like your brain absorbs things better like information and stuff when it takes it in through multiple senses. So uh, for example- if you were trying to learn something, um, you could watch someone else do it and that, that will absorb a little bit. You can listen to somebody else explain how to do something and that will absorb a little bit. You can do it yourself and that absorbs the most. And like all of the, it, like when they tell you this, when you're like, if you're training people in how to do something, to do it in as many of those categories as possible because the more somebody takes something in through all of their senses the more likely they are to remember it and be able to repeat it mm. yeah, that makes so sense. That if you just try to get whatever it is in, in as many sensory directions as possible because it makes it more of a memory more of a moment exactly instead yeah. of it just being another passing thing exactly it sticks more and it like register it like everything gets stored in your brain in different ways and stuff so having it stored in as many different compartments as possible 
um, will help you learn new things. And that, that could apply to anything. So with something like personal development work, it might be like using visualization exercises and also like something with touch, like physical exercise, um, you know, a, a combination of all of these different areas is the most helpful for trying to get your brain on board. Yeah, for sure. I think that that would make it pretty accessible for people who are kind of, you know, these people who are they're kind of resistant to therapy. Mm-hmm. And Especially in comedy. In comedy, there's such a, it's, it's so <laughs> polar. Oh, people are only on one side of, of the spectrum, it seems. It's like, Every comedian is either in therapy or adamantly against therapy. <laughs> yeah, and guess which ones are fun to hang out with? Yeah, right? Like, which <laughs> ones are less likely to spin out on you completely? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, and, like, I'm the only person in my family who, dare I say, has ever been to even one therapy session. Mm-hmm. Except, actually, that's not true. My dad had a psychiatrist for a few years. But, like, my siblings, I don't believe, have ever really um, maintained counseling. My mom. And, uh, like, it's just not part of the culture of my family, you know. Mm -hmm. We're very, like, like I mentioned, cynical atheism. That's, like, very much kind of, like, they're not cynical people. But, like, if you were to ask about how we feel about mental health and spirituality and this and that, it would be very like, Oh, I like to solve my own problems and not make them mm-hmm. someone else's problem. And I'm like, that's great. I do. I want it. I would love it to be a bunch yeah. of other people's problems and not mine. So I could do other mm-hmm. shit. Please. And thank you. If I could have a fucking <laughs> discussion panel on my problems. Oh, wow, that's so cool that you said this, because, like, over here, like, you said this. Wouldn't that be great? I'm going to put these ideas. That would be amazing. That would be such an interesting kind of therapy, a panel of therapists. What do you think Queer Eye is? Right? That's the best show. Everyone loves that shit. (laughs) You're right. That's panel therapy. Yeah. You need to come in and have someone therapy the shit out of your wardrobe. Yeah. Your home. That's <laughs> your just, hair. That's really good for that. That's one thing I love about Queer Eye, and I haven't watched every episode because after a while I'm like, I know what's going to happen. This person will be a different, better mm-hmm. person, but still themselves at the end of the. I need to watch garbage reality television because that's what I'm like. But it's so true that even, like, the most um, superficial aspects, right, the clothes and the grooming, people are always, always, always like, oh, I'm not shallow. I don't take, I don't care about how I Mm -hmm. look. And then those people, like, don't carry themselves the way that they could. And then the way they see themselves when they're wearing, like, a cool outfit that they like and they mm-hmm. would choose to wear, but just thought it was a bad thing to care how you present yourself. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I try to do those people all the time. Unfortunately, guys have dated and guess what? They don't fucking listen to me. 
<laughs> I'm like, why do you wear shirts that are too big? Why are you insecure about how thin you are? You're beautiful. You got a yep. big dick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had that. I'm like, I'm like, you don't choose to wear these clothes. These clothes choose. I had so much fun while you were gone. I talked to myself. I realized this poster behind me looks like bad green screen. <laughs> it's, it's not. not it's, it is literally just fine. Uh, where were we? Oh, I was I was talking about clear eye and how right about clothing about yeah that taking some kind of pride in your appearance is a good thing and can be very transformative and that that is generally the result that happens from episodes of Queer Eye. Yeah. It makes so much sense because you think about it like if you've had experience with depression, you know, like you're in your depression and you're really just truly not given a shit. Like you are just have no energy to give to what you look like and taking care of yourself. And then when at least like for me and for friends of mine and their experience in depression, a lot of the time, the sort of beginning signs that you might be starting to come out of the depression is the day that you're like, I could take a shower. I can get dressed today, even though I don't have to yeah. leave the house, you know, like it's those little things uh, that show that you are feeling better. You know, I love an outfit. I know you do. You know that I am with outfits and whether or not they are good on like if, if if I were to get critiqued by an actual stylist they might be like oh this is a mess who cares mm-hmm. it's not it's not about that all the time it's literally just about finding something that makes you like feel yes. you know feel special, feel fun. You're like, I've never put these two pieces of clothing together. Let's have, let's get creative. Let's get the juices flowing. It just stops you from being, feeling stale and feeling yeah. like, blah, you know, just like put some fucking, put some shit on and see what happens. And it, it, like, um, I know for me, fashion can be a way of like experiencing play a little bit as well. You know, like there's a reason why like kids love playing dress up because I cannot wait to have kids. Super fun. (laughs) My kids are going to have the best like dress up box. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Full tickle trunk. I don't want to call it a tickle trunk. when. No, you don't have to. That's a Mr. Dress Up reference for anybody who isn't Canadian and thought that that was really creepy and weird that I just said that. Is that Mr. Dress Up? Because people always use it to mean like box of sex stuff. No, the tickle trunk is the um, trunk on Mr. Dress Up that he keeps all of his costumes in. See, I have a tickle drawer and it's mostly of like shimmery bikinis and corsets. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We're changing the name. <laughs> I'm no weird ass <laughs> Mr. I don't know, like infantilization. We are anyway. <laughs> tragically somehow at like coming up to the end of our time, which is insane. I feel like That's this has gone by terrible. so fast. Yeah, we could do this. We could talk about my 
mental health forever. <laughs> we could talk about mine forever. I've done 50 plus episodes about it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. You really got to find, find, it, it, find, find your thing and just do it, do it right. Yeah. I think that that's, you're, you're definitely doing that. You have a podcast you. people actually want to be on. <laughs> Can you believe it? I'm happy to hear that. I've heard of that. Uh, we end each episode by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. I love that you're excited. <laughs> I love compliments. People are like, I don't like compliments. I'm like, you don't like hearing nice things about yourself? I know. Okay, it's, been, it's been so interesting over the course of this seeing like 50 plus comedians reactions to being told they're about to get a compliment and how much it varies. <laughs> learn, I feel like you might learn quite a lot from somebody. But... <laughs> I should do a compilation. <laughs> oh my god, I totally should. Just the that compliments. Yeah. That's actually a great idea. Um, yeah, my compliment for you. Uh, I, man, I just think you're so cool and one of a kind. Like, there's nobody else that is Lucy Gervais in a great way. You oh, are that's so sweet. occupy a space all to yourself, and uh, you are as a performer, like kind of hypnotizing. Like <laughs> uh, you are so natural on stage and uh, feel so confident and comfortable with occupying that space and you have this kind of like uh, well you're very like authentically yourself where like you seem at least from the outside to make no compromises that you are just unapologetically who you are 100% of the time and I admire that so much in you because that's such a difficult thing to do um, especially because we're just like constantly policed by the world around us and, and our peers and everything and told like, this is what people like about me. This is what people don't like about me. And like, it's so hard not to just try and mold yourself into whatever's going to appease everyone. But I feel like you're just, you just take up as much space as like, as you deserve, you know, like <laughs> you, you don't make compromises in that way. You don't seem to hold back who you are and what you believe in. And I so respect and admire that. Um, and just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. <laughs> All of them. Oh, Tracy, that means so much. I feel seen. Good, I'm glad. You didn't talk about how gorgeous my hair is. but I'll That also. It's looking very healthy and shiny. <laughs> and can I have her number? Lucy the mermaid Gervais over here. <laughs> <laughs> the medium-sized mermaid. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. You're wonderful. I miss You're wonderful. you very much. I miss you too. And that listeners, go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere. <laughs>